All right, all right. Good morning, everybody. I am so excited that you're here. You're worshiping with us. I, I appreciate the worship team and the production team just, just uh, giving their all and just, just speaking to us through worship today. Thank you so much for joining us. If today's your first time, thank you for coming uh, to a screen and joining us. Now, uh, you probably know, unless you've been living under a rock, that uh, our, our whole state is on a stay-at-home order. And so we're only allowed 10 people in the building today. So um, we've got exactly 10 people in the building today. But uh, we, we've got more than 10,000 people worshiping with us online. And I'm glad that you and your family are worshiping with us. Um, and in fact, you know, the, the one thing that's bothered me, the mo well, there's a lot of things bothered me about this, but one of the most bothersome realities is how many, how many of our family, Daystar Church family, love to serve, love to greet people at the door on Sunday, love to bless kids in the nurseries and kids' church, and love to just embrace one another. So I, I hope you're doing that even right now. Like if you're watching this thing and worshiping with us through YouTube, get your phone out also and talk to people, greet people. Get, if you're on Facebook, if you're doing the live stream, there's a chat portion. I wish you'd do that right now. Like you just tell people, you know, hey, this is Jerry from, from Cullman, Alabama, or, you know, this is, you know, Eli from Madison or, or whatever, and just talk, just greet each other just a little bit. Uh, not too much. I want you to pay attention to what I got to say, but just a little bit. Hey, today's Palm Sunday, and I am over the moon excited about this Easter. Guys, we've put together something that we've genuinely never done before, and, and I'm, I'm really pumped about that. In fact, I, I don't think we would have ever come to this idea if it were not for this crazy crisis that we're in. And, and I just keep hearing God say what Satan meant for evil that God is meant for good. Because we're, we're doing uh, Easter with Daystar, a three-part worship experience. So there's a Friday night, Good Friday, this Friday, a Saturday night, and a Sunday morning. And they're all three different worship experiences. So I don't want you to miss a single one of them. Let me, let me tell you quickly what it's going to be like. Friday is, of course, it's Good Friday. And we're, gonna, we're, we're calling that the sacrifice that we're going with Jesus to the cross. We're going to tell his story. And then we're going to do what he commanded us to do. We're going to share Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper with each other. So that's this Friday night at 7. It's, it's not going to be in this building. It's going to be outdoors. It's going to be a really cool experience where we take you through the journey of Jesus to the cross. So you go ahead and prepare your family to do communion together. Grab some, some bread, some crackers, some, some juice or, or wine, or I don't care if it's Kool-Aid. Just get something that could represent the body and the blood of Christ. That's this Friday. That's called the sacrifice. Now, Saturday night at 7 is the anticipation. Think about the disciples. What happened with the disciples on Saturday? We just saw our Savior and our Lord die on a cross on Friday. We're praying and believing that he was literally talking about coming from the dead in all those prophetic words, but it's Saturday and we really don't know what's going to happen. So we're calling that the anticipation. And we're going to anticipate together with word and worship. There won't be any preaching Saturday night, but just word and and worship. So I don't want you to miss that. It's Saturday night at seven. And then Sunday morning, it's Easter Sunday. It's the resurrection. We're going to celebrate the life of Jesus. So don't miss any of that. We're creating a Facebook event that you could literally go in and invite all of your friends. Like 
A lot of you are at home now. You're not working. Some of you are still working. But a lot of you could literally go through and invite every single member of your friend circle right, to Easter with Daystar, a three-part worship experience. So it's one event on, on Facebook, but it's actually three days. So invite everybody on Instagram, get your friends out there, just share, 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 share every way you possibly can. In fact, share this this message right now to as many people as you possibly could. And it's going to be the biggest Easter yet. Can you say amen? I don't know if you said amen or not, but Jesus knows. All right, so I hope you're saying amen. All right, today I'm jumping back into a guy who's becoming one of my favorite prophets of the Old Testament, Habakkuk. Now he's called a minor prophet. Not because his message was minor, but because he only had three chapters. It's a minor amount. But, uh, you know, it really is speaking to me because it, it reminds me of the time we're in. So Israel is in a crisis time. They're desperate. They're fearful. They're, they're unsure about what's going to happen next. And they're, they're really a lot of scary predictions. And, and you know what? It makes me think about where we are right now because there's like predictions of a, a, as many as a quarter of a million Americans that are going to die. That's a freaky thought uh, that, that we could actually be in a time like that. And you'll remember that we talked about this last week. Habakkuk has a lot of uh, his prayer sessions become gripe sessions. He's complaining. He's, he, don't, he doesn't understand what's going on. And then finally, his heart really turns back to remembering what God has done. I hope you'll do that right now. Remember what God's already done for you. He starts turning his anxiety, you know, into to, to belief. You know, he, he turns his fear into faith and his hopelessness turns into hope. And, and eventually he says three powerful words. And that's what I've titled my message today, but the Lord. In fact, everybody everywhere say those three words, say, but the Lord. I hope you said it. Now, listen, I'm going to appoint right now. We're just going to go into a church business meeting. I'm appointing one member of your family, wherever you are, bedroom, living room, wherever you are, one member is what I'm calling the amen captain. Now, you already know who you are. You're the boss in that room. You're the kind of one who talks the most. You're in charge of making sure that when I tell people to say amen, they actually say amen, all right? So amen captain, just go ahead and point to everybody and say, I'm on you today, all right? And I want everybody to just give me an amen. Come on. Amen. All right. Thank you. I've got nine other people in this room who gave me an amen, and I appreciate that. Tila is the amen captain in this room right now. Okay. You make sure they're saying it with me. And here's what I really want you to say. Say, but the Lord, but the Lord. In fact, this, this message is all about all this fearful stuff is what it is, but the Lord is who he is. All right. So here we go. Everybody say, get ready. Now say it like T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. That sounded awesome. Okay. A great place to start is in Philippians 4 and 7. Look at this verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a great promise for right now. But did you know uh, the peace of God? It's going to guard our hearts. It's going to change how we see things. That's a great promise. But did you know that for every promise, there's a path in other words, there, I, I want to get to this promise, but there's a path that leads me to that promise. So how do I get there? How do I make sure that the peace of God is guarding my heart? And my, a lot of people read that verse and they're like, I, I believe that. I believe because I believe the Bible, but I don't feel any peace at all. Well, you know what? There's a path to get you to the peace. And most of the time you look at a favorite Bible verse that gives you some great promise. If you'll back up, there's a path that tells you how to get there. We're just going to back up one verse. We just read Philippians 4 and 7. Go back to verse 6, and it says, 
don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. There's the path right there. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. You want to get to verse 7 that says the peace of God is going to transform your mind. You got to start in verse 6 that says, offer your prayers with thanksgiving. See, Habakkuk started out, he was praying complaints to God. I can't believe you let this happen. God, I can't believe, you know, everyone is overrun. We've lost our money. We, we can't even hardly survive. We can't eat. Then he started remembering, if you go back and read it, he starts remembering how God took care of him before. He remembers how God took Israel out of bondage. And, and, and so that's the pathway. And I'm going to give you four things to write down today. If you're taking notes, this is the first one. An attitude of thankfulness leads to peace of mind. That, that's where peace of mind comes from, an attitude of thankfulness. Your prayers don't have to be negative or pouty or desperate. They need to be filled with thanksgiving. You want to you change everything from turmoil to peace? Baptize your prayers in praise. Listen, I never, I'm your pastor, let me tell you, I never pray a prayer. I never pray a prayer without praise. Every time I pray, I thank God for something. I mean, there's always something to thank God for. God, thank you that I got legs and let me step up off that stool. Thank you, God, that, that, that we, we have sun, we're still having Sunday worship. Thank you, God, that I have health. Thank you, God, that I have people who love my wife, my children. They love me and I love them. Thank you that you picked me up out of my sin and forgave me. Thank you for breaking the bondage off my life to all the sick sin I used to be a part of. There's so many things. In fact, I want to challenge you this next week and every day of the week to take five minutes, like literally take your phone out, swipe down, put a five-minute timer on every day, get alone, and don't do anything for five minutes except thank God. Just walk around, and your eyes will tell you what to thank Him for. You'll see trees, you'll thank Him for creating heaven and earth. You, you'll see your kids, you'll, thank, you'll see your dog run across the lawn. Thank you, God, that I've got a dog. Or thank God this dog's going to die one day. I mean, whatever it is, however you feel about the dog, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> I know how Andrew Wood feels about their dog, so that's what made me think of that. But whatever it is, there's something to thank God for. And go ahead and take a minute and know that thankfulness leads to peace. That's number one. Now, number two is going to come out of Jesus' own words. Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus is in his own personal crisis, and the devil has physically attacked him like there's a supernatural force against Jesus and he's in prayer and in Matthew 4 and 4 Jesus responds to Satan's attack by saying Jesus answered this it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God write this down number two man's survival is based on hearing the word of God that's how we survive. We've got to listen to the Word of God. Stock market is not your survival. Your job is not your survival. And, and, and even a cure to the coronavirus is not your survival. Jesus said it. He said, man can't live by bread alone, by anything this world produces. It's the Word of God. See, right now, so many of you are spending all of your time listening to what man has to say. You need to turn that off and listen to what God has to say. Even if provision was raining from the sky, money and, 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 and vaccines and, and, and food was falling out of the sky, it will never be enough to provide everything that you need from God. You're just never going to have enough provision. In fact, Jesus said, it is written, 
Man will not live by bread alone. Where was it written? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 is where that was actually written. And you know what's going on in that time? Sustenance was raining from the sky. They were living in the desert wilderness in their, in their path. There was no food. God literally made something called manna, which is like bread. It's food. It rained out of the sky, and everything they needed landed on them. And in the middle of that, God says, you know what? You'll never survive on this. Even if money lands in your lap, even if you didn't get laid off, even if you lived in the best of times and you had wealth and everything you could imagine, if you don't have God's word, you won't survive. All that other stuff won't make it. Won't make it. That is why the church is an essential service. I'm so thankful the president, the government, our, our governor, uh, Kay Ivey, recognizes that we're an essential service, but make no mistake about it, they didn't decide we're essential. Jesus decided we're essential. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Did you know Jesus never said he'll build America? He never said he'll build the healthcare system. He never even said he'll build your house that you live in. He said, I'll build my church. It'll always be essential. When everything else is fading around, when everything else is falling to the ground, God's church is going to rise. Let me tell you, there is not 1% of this pastor that is worried about the church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> How arrogant would I be to think that, they, that, that Jesus needs me to build his church, or he needs your money to build his church, or he needs us flapping these doors open and closed. He said he's going to build his church, and he's going to build his church. Say amen, amen, captain. Come on, I got a little clapping from these nine other people in this room. All right, he's going to build his church. His presence and his power is what is essential. You can't survive without it. I don't care what else you have. All the health, all the wealth, all the prosperity in the world will not sustain you. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Don't forget that. Turn off Facebook. Turn off the media. Listen to what God is saying to you because this is what is essential. All right, here's the third thing you need to know. In a time of crisis, write this down. In crisis times, many will trust the wrong source. And everybody said, amen. That's happening right now. People are trusting the CDC. They're trusting the federal government. They're trusting the president. Their people are trusting uh, stored up food. Hey, by the way, thank you for buying all the chicken. Now I can't have chicken this week because you got 87 chickens in your freezer. Really? Is this the solution to your life? You're going to get to you know, the grocery store faster than everybody else and hoard stuff? You're trusting the wrong source. A lot of you guys got guns and ammo you've been saving up forever. That's not going to sustain you. Cash piled up in case you know, there's a breakdown of the system. Those are not the things you need to be trusting in. All the plans of man will not sustain you. In Habakkuk's day, the story we've been reading, Habakkuk, they were trusting in what the Babylonians saw as important. The Babylonians overran Israel, or overran Judah, took them away. And what did the people of God start doing? They start worshiping the sun god, the, the, the god of the nether regions. I, you know, and, and, and Isaiah was a guy who, who preached also in that time. And Isaiah was like, why are you worshiping the sun when you could worship the God who created the sun? So I would ask the same thing. Why are you worshiping? And, and I know you wouldn't say you're worshiping a cure for coronavirus, but can I be honest with you? Some of you, all you're doing is reading every article about when a vaccine can come out. You're spending so much time. You know what worship is? It's the word worship. It means to provide value or worth to something. How much worth does God get in the last week of your time? And how much worth has the COVID-19 gotten? 
I mean, why would you worship a vaccine when you could worship the God of health who is the great physician? Why would you worship keeping your job or getting the stimulus package from America when you could worship the God who says, when you worship me through giving, I'll throw open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you financially so much you can't contain it. Can you get a visual in your head of what heaven looks like? If in heaven, if God wanted to send you some money, all he has to do is crack open a window and it starts falling out. I think he's got some. Bro, if it's piled up so high that it falls out the windows, why are you worshiping your job or your bank account or your 401k or the stock market when you can worship the God who finances all that stuff? This is what Isaiah said. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. I love this. Isaiah's had it, man. He's just had all he can take. These people are worshiping false gods. And in verse 26, Isaiah 40, he says, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. <laughs> You're worshiping stuff down here. But there's somebody who created them, and you need to be looking at him. The one who brings out the host of, and he's talking about stars, in their number, and he calls them by name. They were worshiping stars back then, and, 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 and Isaiah was like, yeah, God called that star Bob, like he made that star. Quit worshiping Bob and worship God. He calls them by name. Uh, there's no proof that he named any star Bob, but maybe. Um, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one star is missing. And then he gets an attitude. He's like, oh, so you're worshiping the sea? You're worshiping the, the, the sun god? And he goes in verse 28, and he says, have you not known? <laughs> have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, there's a real God, and didn't you realize he made all this stuff you're worrying and fretting over? He says he neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even youths will faint and be weary, and young men shall uh, utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagle. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Somebody say amen to that. All that stuff you're trusting in is going to get tired. It's going to get worn out. 401Ks are going to crash. That, that stuff happens from time to time. Your health is going to fail. I don't know if COVID will get you or, the, or, or, or a cold will get you or you'll just you live to be 100 and you'll just die. Some point, it's all going to fail. But those who wait and hope in the Lord, there's going to come a moment where things change. Listen, when you put your hope in God, it doesn't mean you have find all the answers. It doesn't mean that all your problems go away, but when you wait on him, there will come a moment where we mount up on wings like eagles. There will come a moment when we, our strength is renewed, when we run like the scripture says, and so my trust is not going to be in money or man or medicine. I'm trusting in God and his word. Come on, amen, captain. Help me at home. Say amen. Yeah, amen, amen. He's the only one who's never failed. And that's why I'm trusting in him. Let me close with this. Let me remind you what we said. First of all, we said, you want to live in peace. Thankfulness is the pathway to peace. Start, start walking every day, giving thanks to God. Number two, we said, only God's word can sustain us. Your job won't do it. Money won't do it. A vaccine won't do it. Only God's word can sustain us. And thirdly, we said, we cannot afford to trust in the wrong source. Let me close with this. If you're taking notes, write this down. In crisis times, God is right on time. 
every time. In crisis time, God is on time. Now, after Habakkuk gives all his complaints, he's like, I can't believe you let this happen. God, it seems like you're not even paying attention. We're going to lose everything. Finally, he remembers how faithful God has been. He remembers how it seemed like he had forgotten us in Egypt, but he brought us out. He remembered how, and he wasn't there, but he was remembering the stories of how the children of Israel had been backed all the way up into a corner up against the Red Sea. And it seemed like God had forgotten them. Pharaoh's army is attacking them. And right on time, come on, everybody say right on time. Amen, Captain, make them say right on time. And right on time, the Red Sea opens and they cross on dry ground. He remembers that God always shows up. And so then Habakkuk says these words. These are the best three words in the whole book. He says in chapter 2, verse 20, but the Lord... Come on, everybody say it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. I hope that you have not forgotten that God is still on his throne. I hope you remember that this might be going wrong and that might be going wrong and these people are freaking out and I don't have answers to this, but the Lord is still the Lord. God is still God. The healer is still the healer. The provider is still the provider. Listen to me. Your job never was the provider. Your doctor never was the healer. This, this government never was your protection. God has always been all those things, and he is still on the throne. Nothing's going to change about him. Nothing's going to change in his circle. Listen, everything you're looking at might look different, but I promise you, you close your eyes, you forget those people, and you're going to see the same God on the same throne he's always been on. Take a choice right now. Take a minute right now and decide, we're going to trust in him. This has gone bad. This was unexpected. This is real scary. I don't know what's going to happen right there, but the Lord is still on the throne. Somebody say those three words with me. But the Lord. Say it again. But the Lord. Last time, but the Lord. He is still on the throne. Some of you are worried and you're stressed out. You're very fearful. And it's because you've spent about 95% of your focus on the world and about 5% on the Word. I, I don't know everything about this coronavirus. I don't know everything about the finances, but I am certain of this. If you'll flip that 95 off of the world and back on the Word, I promise you God will give you peace of mind. I promise you, you will. I've been through some crises before. I've been through some tough times, and I, I admitted last week that I didn't handle some of them well. God's helping me this time. I don't have any fear. I am at peace. I'm not worried about this at all. Because I'm focusing more. I'm, I'm doing more devotions right now than I've ever done. I'm in multiple devotions with multiple different accountability partners. You say, preacher, I thought all you did was go and pray all day long. Well, uh, sorry, I hurt your feelings. That's not what ministry's like. It's like a regular job like everybody else. And you still got to focus on your spirituality. I, I'm, I'm getting busier in this season because what our church does is harder to do right now. But I'm spending more time with God than I ever have. And I can feel, I can feel his peace. Now I want to pray 
for two groups of people today. That's everybody here probably. The first group is for believers. And if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with God, you've, you've taken your eyes off of God and you're not living the kind of focused spirituality you want to live. You, you're not, not at peace. You, you're not becoming the kind of woman of faith, man of faith, young person, young man of faith, young woman of faith that you want to become. You're letting this stuff take your eyes off the cross. I'm talking to you right now. The Holy Spirit is confirming as I'm saying these words right in here, something he's saying, yes, that's you. You're a good person. You love the Lord. You've been following God a long time. You haven't forsaken him, but you've looked too much out here, not enough on his word. 